Hey everyone, thanks again for listening. My name is Matt Dotre. I'm the government reporter for the Avalanche Journal, here again with the AJ's March primary preview. Uh, right now I'm being joined by Patty Jones, County Commissioner in Precinct 4, who is in a contested primary against Chad C. Uh, Patty, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Matt? I'm doing well, thanks. Thank you so much for joining me. How's everything going? Everything's going good. Mm-hmm. It's going fast and furious, you know, is it? with is early it? voting starting, you know, in just a few weeks. It's a uh, we're press, pressing the flesh. I'm sure, yes. And I, and I have to ask, um, yeah, of course, you're a longtime commissioner. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not you're taking this primary serious, and I ask you that just because looking at the uh, campaign contribution reports, you, just, you weren't doing much fundraising uh, up until the end of December. Correct. And you're right. Of course, I started the, uh, started the first of the year with some money in the bank, and I do have a fundraiser plan for February the 8th. Uh, I do already have some individuals that have uh, sought me out and given me some money, given me some checks. I've got a few more to pick up that people have called and say, if you can run by. But absolutely, I always tell I don't care uh, any race, uh, regardless if it's primary, general, uh, if it's... Uh, Libertarians, it doesn't make any difference. I always take uh, my campaign and a race serious. Yes, very good. And what's the chatter going on? For some reason, I'm just not hearing as much as b- about this primary race. You know, it, it is. It's been very quiet. I've even been a little surprised myself that, uh, and I don't know if it's because there's one or two other races that may be a little more high profile okay. uh, than what mine is. Uh, on precinct four for commissioner. But you're right. There just hasn't been a lot of talk, a lot of chatter, and so it's. It's very unusual. Yeah, I wonder why that is. Yeah. <laughs> so, and so what are you hearing from voters? Kind of what are you going around talking about? You know, what uh, always concerns me is that when I visit with people, first of all, uh, most of the friends and family that I've talked to don't even realize I have an opponent. And so I'm like, yes, I have an opponent. You know, I'm, yeah, so I'm running a full-fledged campaign. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, you don't have anything to worry about. Well, that is always a concern mm-hmm. for an incumbent because you worry about those people. If they're thinking that, will they even go vote? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you just, you, so that, that's one of the things yeah, to overcome yeah. is, you know, don't be passive and think, oh, we, you know, you don't have anything to worry about because anytime your name's on the ballot and you have an opponent, you have to be concerned. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, of course, turning out the votes after Absolutely. the Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You can get all the, you can raise all the money, you can do all the advertising, you can put out all the signs you want to, but if you can't get the people to the polls, that's Absolutely. your pro- that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. And then of course a uh, five-term commissioner, correct? Yes. So you yes. and I mean experience does that help in a race like this? Absolutely, you know. And I want to uh, in a few minutes I think we'll get into some talking points. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think where that you'll see that uh, with the experience that I have. Of course when I came in, I came in the middle of an unexpired term. And so served two years and then then ran another okay, for, right. for a yep. full term. So, but uh, yes, uh, maybe long term, but uh, I think experience and leadership management style that you can see that because of where Lubbock County is today, that it that it is of a great benefit to have some experience yeah. still there. Well, let's jump right into roads because, of course, okay. that's what I, that's what I hear. I'm sure that's what you yes. always hear. Um, anything coming up? Any initiatives? I know you have two big projects, mm-hmm. Loop 88 and Wood Row mm-hmm. Road. Mm-hmm. But first, let's just kind of talk about those pesky dirt and caliche roads yes, that yes. Um, I know you're all adding staff or you had add staff mm-hmm. more staff this past budget is that kind of the priority right now is more funds in the well we're bridge? trying to because uh, we're like anybody else in any business or anything else we only have so many people we only have so many hours in a day we only have so much money of what we can do mm-hmm. and uh, visiting with the group last night talking about the roads in Lubbock County you know we have moved to a consolidated road and bridge mm-hmm. uh, I know we've got some that don't think that that is the best idea but when you stop and look when you have to get up at the 10,000 foot level and look at it what you see is the fact that you know each precinct didn't need a you know a $350,000 bulldozer and a $350,000 front end loader yeah. Uh, because you just don't have the manpower and can be able to do the projects that you can do when you work collectively. And, you know, I know we've got some that don't think the money is spent equitably. Well, when you look at it, it kind of depends on the projects that are going on. You know, I know that a lot of people have said, well, there's been a lot of paving going on in Precinct 1, which is down toward southwest Lubbock. Yes, because there's more paved roads down there. But then this year we're concentrating more on, on caliche roads and building roads, and that's happening in two, three, and four all the way around, but especially on the east side. And what, you, what we are seeing is just the fact that we can work on this collectively because uh, all of our truck driver, drivers have to have CDL license. And so if you're going to be working on roads and you're going to be hauling caliche and especially any distance of any kind, uh, you've got to have enough manpower. So you can't, 
rely on just on a precinct base yeah. uh, to do that. So that's why it works collectively uh, to work around the county as we do. Um, one of the things that I that uh, I've kind of I'm not going to say I made the phrase, but I've kind of used the phrase is that Mother Nature dictates a whole lot of what we can and can't do. Uh, in 2015. May of 2015 is when we had all the flooding Memorial Day weekend yeah, that flooded yeah. shallow water. I mean, mm -hmm. the whole town was underwater and roads washed out. Then it moved over to Idaho. And then there was another event shortly after that, I think, kind of in the Wolferth area. Mother Nature can undo in one event what it takes us several years to overcome from, simply because uh, we may get what's our average rainfall, about 18 inches a year, and we may get six to eight or 10, year, 10 uh, inches in one event. Yeah either yeah. in one actual rainfall or in a series of about a week. And it just devastates our roads. Um, a number of years ago, uh, well, he's been gone two years. Nick Olenek was our uh, engineer tech at the county. Mm -hmm. And every budget season, he would bring data to the commissioner's court to show us counties of equal size around mm -hmm. the state. Mm -hmm. And always what he would bring to us is that they had a larger budget for one thing, but they all had nearly twice as much manpower as we did. Okay. I mean, I'm talking, you know, we've got 40-some-odd right now. They'd be up in the 80s as far as people. Okay. So, you know, that's where we are probably lagging as much as anything. We did hire four new people uh, for this budget year, and I saw Ricky Tadlock the other day, and he was thanking uh, Commissioner's Court because he said those four were truck drivers, and he said it's made a huge difference because those people have been able to stay on trucks, and those that needed to be on blades could be on blades. Mm -hmm. Whereas before, without those four, uh, the people we're using were having to wear multiple hats. Okay. And so, yeah, you know, I'm they sure. could blade yeah. for a little while, then they had to drive a truck for a while, and then they had to go do something else. And so you, you can't be quite as productive that way. Mm -hmm. But based on those numbers you said, I mean, we'd still be like 30 people behind, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> So absolutely. is this going to be a yearly thing, you know, assuming funding comes available? I think it's something we'll look at for the next several years simply because, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize or hadn't stopped to think about it. Everybody knows Lubbock is growing and Lubbock mm -hmm. County as a, as a whole is growing. But, you know, I've got some information that since the census was done in 2000, the population here was about 242,000. The latest numbers that we can get, Lubbock County is about 304,000. That's a 25% growth. Yeah. Along with that comes issues with roads. We have more and more people that are moving from town out into the county, mm -hmm. getting on county roads that used to be just, they were the roads that farmers used, yeah. uh, get to and from their crops to take their crops into, you know, to the market wherever it was, you know, module trucks picking up, mm -hmm. tractors moving, that sort of thing. But now we've gotten to where a lot of our cleachy, dirt and cleachy roads have got, you know, quarter of a million dollar yeah. homes on them. Yeah. So tell me what happens during a big rain event. You know, now Lubbock hasn't gotten rain in mm -hmm. in, a, in a few months, so you right. don't so you don't hear much chatter about right. roads. But you know, when we get a few inches dumped on us, then that's when everyone's <laughs> going to be up in arms again. So tell me how it works after a big rain event, because um, then I would imagine commissioners are trying to get people out in their precincts, right? We are, you know, and it's it's. A, you have those that move out into the county or whatever that realize that where they're moving, and so they make sure that they have the vehicles necessary to yeah, live out yeah. like that. But then you'll also have a few that have just not been exposed to what country living is like or what it's about, have smaller cars, and they can't, because, I mean, the slightest bit of ruts, and they high center on their vehicles. Mm -hmm. So um, after we have a big event, uh, first thing that we're looking at is anything that's emergency situations. And we'll have a few instances around the county that people just cannot get in and out of their homes. I mean, they're either having to stay in Lubbock with their uh, family or they can't get their kids out up to the pavement where school buses run. So kids miss several days of school. So we try to be more in an emergency mode at that time. And plus, notes are also taken as to those particular areas so that we do get to where we can work on roads, yeah. that we know that those are somewhat of a priority road mm -hmm. because of the or people that have medical conditions. Mm -hmm. You know, that gets to be because they have yeah. a lot of home health care sure. yeah. that come out three, four, five times a week. And if you have incidents like that, they can't, and so uh, those get to be a, a crisis yeah, situation. Yeah. So, you know, those usually take the priority, and then as they work through, and but right now, with this dry spell, uh, the crew all, all the way around the county is being able to go back and what we kind of call um, reestablishing some roads, being able to, they've just been bladed so much that 
the ditches are full, and when it rains, the di- the road carries the water. Exactly, it's, it's the river. Right. Yeah, because it, it also goes back to the ditches too. Because yes, <laughs> yes, and so that's yeah. what they're doing now is cleaning out miles and miles of ditches and reestablishing roads. And then we're in the process right now. We've got on our desk a list of, of you know, a number, uh, several, quite a few miles in each precinct that need caliche on them. And that's our, that's the next step is to move into that. Yeah to get that on these roads now that have been prepared to receive caliche. Mm-hmm. Yeah, during this last budget cycle, I, I heard a couple comments just from the county commissioners saying, a lot of departments have been taken care of, mm-hmm. now it's time to focus on the road and bridge. Right. I, I mean, right. is that is that still an accurate statement? I, you know, I think it is somewhat because uh, we want to make sure that every department has the tools necessary, whether if that is uh, manpower or if it's equipment or uh, computers, whatever it is, you know, they need to have the tools to do their job. Mm-hmm. And even though we've had, we've got equipment in our road and bridge, our manpower is where we were lacking. Yeah. And so that's why we thought we it's time to st- start looking there so that we can be more prepared as we move forward. And, you know, I was talking a while ago about Mother Nature uh, dictating what we can and can't do yeah. because uh, a lot of times it's so wet we can't do anything. When people call, they're like, you've got to do something. And, you know, they've got mud up to their knees. If we go out then, we're going to make it worse with our big equipment. But it's also the reverse of that, that like right now, as dry as it is, we really, uh, on roads that have got caliche, they're kind of a hard top, they get really rigid. They get those ridges in them. And uh, people want us to come out and work on them, whether too dry. And we can't haul enough water to do. I mean, first of all, that's a precious commodity we don't need to be using like that. But we just can't put enough water out on a situation like that. So... When it's too wet, a lot of times we can't do anything, and when it's too dry, we can't do the necessary work. Mm-hmm. So we kind of have to find that happy medium. For sure, yeah. So let's talk about big projects, uh, Woodrow Road. Mm-hmm. Um, my understanding is that this is going to be a county-led project, that it's all kind of, <laughs> it's on the county's shoulders. It yeah. is. You know, I know that when this was first brought up uh, several years ago, talking about Woodrow Road, uh, we met with, not several, it was a couple of years ago, uh, we met with TxDOT. Senator Perry came to the meeting, was talking, mm-hmm. made the comment about that he was going to go back to Austin to see if there were funds available. Uh, there never were any funds available. It's not that we missed the boat on money or anything like that. They never were available. The only okay. available money is through the State Infrastructure Bank, the SIB. And I think uh, uh, that's one of those things that it, we, could, we could have borrowed the money from the state, but then we would have been paying interest on it. Yeah. The only problem with that is that you have to pay it back within three years. Whereas we felt like because we knew this was coming and how we've been able to build our reserves to be pay as you go, mm-hmm. that we could set the money aside, set it up on a five-year payout, and that not have to finance it, not have to pay interest on top of the seven point five or seven point two five million dollars uh, as we move forward with that. So uh, it's not that it's a dead issue by any means. Uh, we have been Lubbock County has been without an engineer slash engineer tech for two years. We do have an individual hired that will be coming on board. Uh, the middle of February. I was going to say this month, that's tomorrow, (laughs) you know, the middle of February. Uh, And that's one of the priorities is to start looking at that and moving forward. And yes, we won't be able to do that in-house. We will still have to hire someone. And yes, the numbers we got were numbers we got from TxDOT, from acquiring right-of-way to the expense of doing the road, you know, the $30 million. Now, the, the question on that gets to be whether or not we issue bonds or we go to the voters. And what do you think? You know, uh, I have had several people that are uh, decision makers in Lubbock community have been that have said, y'all need to, you, Lubbock County needs to do bonds on this. Because you stop and think about it, this is in uh, Woodrow Road in the southern part of the county, and I don't disagree, it needs to be widened just as soon as we can get yeah, the project yeah. going because of safety issues. And public safety is always number one. But if you go to a vote, you've got the northern half of the county that are going to go, we don't see any benefit from that. So how do you convince the voters in the north half of the county to vote for something, that, you know, 30 million, give or take, yeah, whatever it is. That they use maybe once a year. That, you know, that, that it's not yeah. a common uh, area of travel for them, even though they may know that the need is there or whatever. Uh, but uh, now I have had, I don't know how many, I would say, power brokers or people in the media, radio, that have all said, you need to issue bonds and you need to move forward with this. It's public safety. Yeah. Nobody can question the, the yeah. intent on this. Yeah. And then, yeah, uh, one of the other things is, you know, like I said, the Loop 88, yes. where that's moving forward, working with them. Well, that's, we're doing that as, as we go. Mentioned that just a minute ago. Mm-hmm. 
And then public safety, is that mm-hmm. um, you address that essentially each budget year. This year was the communications. Mm-hmm. Uh, two years ago, it was the um, extra narcotics team. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, how do you... I mean, what do you see in the future from the sheriff's needs? Well, that's one of the things, because I can promise you that the sheriff's office has its own budget committee, and I can promise you right now that they're already working on kind of priorities and what, they're, what they think they may need as the mm-hmm. coming year uh, as we work for, towards our budget this summer when we're working on it, that sort of thing. But, you know, that's one of the things that uh, in 2013, that's when we, we had a tax increase, but that's when we added 15 personnel to the sheriff's department. Part of it was for patrol, which has decreased their patrol time. I mean, excuse me, has decreased their uh, response, response time. time. Okay. Which, and when you talk to them, they'll tell you that it's made it to where they can be more proactive than reactive. And some of the numbers I got from them, their dispatch calls reduced by 6.5%, and their active warrants reduced by 8% because of the presence of those vehicles yeah. out in the county yeah. from what it was. But, you know, we also put uh, people in CID, which is the Criminal Investigation Division. We did some in narcotics then. But then in 2016, when we did the other tax rate that we had, I mean, the tax increase right here, that's when we did, that's when the, the sheriff came to us and went to all the media. Uh, a lot of the, uh, a lot of constituents in town, groups that he could visit with, talking about the narcotics, the drug problem in, in Lubbock, Texas. And, you know, with us being I-27, kind of a pass-through, mm-hmm. we get a lot of traffic through here. That's yeah. when we had the cartel member living in Lake Ridge, mm-hmm. if everybody will remember, yeah. and then was arrested not long after that. But with that money, you know, uh, they created a street crimes unit uh, where they could track and, and also track and document gang, mem- gang member right. activities. Of course, with every passing year, the more tools we give them, the uh, smarter the drug cartel becomes. And so, you know, that, that, that's something that they will combat from now on. Yeah. I mean, that's, I don't know, I, I don't, if there was an easy fix to that, somebody would have already figured that out by now. And they just go where law enforcement is lacking, right? That's usually, the other, usually. You know, if, if you all keep, you know, <laughs> pumping the uh, police or the sheriff's department, then they'll just go off to another county, you almost yeah. figure, right? Or a well, you would county, think, or like even that. and the smaller communities around here, but that's one of the things about our sheriff's department and, and Sheriff Rowe. Uh, he has a great working relationship with, uh, with uh, uh, the Lubbock Police Department okay. and uh, Greg Stevens here, but also with the smaller communities because okay. all the smaller communities have some kind of a small police force but it's not a large one. And mm-hmm. so if they have to have, if they have any kind of a serious crime, they call the sheriff's department and the sheriff's department is their backup immediately. I mean, they're mm-hmm. there with them on site, trying to help them. So there's great cooperation throughout the county. And then going on about the uh, 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 public safety, again, this year, without raising taxes or without raising the tax rate, uh, we've budgeted $1.9 million for new communications equipment. Mm-hmm. It's not just for here in the sheriff's department, but I mean, it's gonna do new consoles all in dispatch. It's going to help all the agencies to be able to talk to each other in, in a crisis. Uh, our volunteer fire departments, there is a number of entities that are going to benefit from this investment. For sure. And of course, all these things cost money. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, talk, yeah, to, of course, talk about the tax rate. Um, the, county, the, the county will stand up and say, well, we haven't raised the tax rate in, mm-hmm. you know, three years and mm-hmm. then you have another group of people saying well why why didn't you lower it to the effective mm-hmm. tax rate kind mm-hmm. of that truth in taxation so you, you know t- tell me how the county has been using that, that that growth be it from the appraisal values or new development and mm-hmm. things like that well you know when you look at your when they and it's it's a complicated process even for those of us that deal with it the rollback rate the effective rate you know what your current tax rate mm-hmm. is uh, it used to not be this way, but uh, several legislative sessions ago, the law was changed that anything over the effective tax rate now is considered a tax increase. So you're, the entity, less, such as Lubbock County, you have to hold uh, public hearings for people to know that you're staying with the same tax rate, even though it may be a little more than your effective tax rate. But um, And I think that when you look at that, that's one of the things that you'll see. We were talking about uh, with what we were able to do this year, uh, again, without having to go up on taxes, we were still be a- we we're still able to support 
this new communication system mm -hmm. for public safety, which is right at $2 million. We put four more people into road and bridge, which you can directly or indirectly put that in with public safety mm -hmm. so that we can get roads back in better shape than what they've been in, mm -hmm. you know, that sort of thing. And so uh, we look at it diligently. All of us are taxpayers. We don't want to pay any more taxes than anybody else does. So we, ha we have to wear many hats mm -hmm. when we sit on the commissioner's court. Yeah. And so uh, working through that, trying to do what's best for our constituents, not only their uh, wants, but what's mandatory of the county. You know, there's a lot of our responsibilities that are mandatory. We don't have a choice on yeah. that we have to fund. Yeah. Uh, we do have some discretionary services, but the discretionary services are the ones that people see the most of. Yeah. And that is your volunteer fire departments. It's your libraries. It's things like that. Uh, but that's the things that people see the most. So uh, trying to keep that balance in there of what the need is versus the funding that we have. You know, Lubbock County is in really good. Can I go into financial? Please or do. You have something else? No, please do. And yeah, how does our tax rate compare? Okay. Well, that's one of the things that I wanted to t uh, talk to you about is the fact that, you know, there's 254 counties in the state of Texas. Mm -hmm. Lubbock County is the 17th largest county in the state. So that puts us up in the top. I haven't done the math <laughs> percentage wise. But when you look at our tax rate, out of 254 counties, we are the 240th lowest tax rate. There's only 14 counties that have a tax rate lower than ours. So we feel like that we are in really in a really good position when you look at that. But with that, we also are in good... Uh, one of the things that happened this last year, Standards and Poor's, who does our bond ratings, okay. increased our bond rating, went from a double A to a double A plus. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, a, you know, and a couple of things in that report that they wrote in there was strong management, good financial policies and practices, and strong budgetary performance. Now, this comes from Standards and Poor's, who's looking at your overall financials yeah. and your bond rating. Yeah. Um, as you and I have talked about before, that Lubbock County has a lot of what we do that's pay-as-you-go. Mm -hmm. One of them's going to be the Loop 88. We have that because we do a five-year strategic plan, as we can kind of look at what our needs are going to be so we can make sure that we have enough money. We have, six, we have approximately six months' worth of, my, of funds in reserves. A lot of people don't realize that from October to basically the 1st of February, I know the county, we work off reserves because most people don't pay their taxes till the end of January, just before it's time for penalty and Yeah, I guess I never start. thought about that, yeah. So we work a good three months on reserves mm -hmm. because we don't have any money coming in from the taxes. So we have to have at least that to work off of. But we have an audit done, an outside audit done every year they recommend that we have uh, six months reserve, which is what we have. Uh, in our reserve, we've got about mm, $12.7 million worth of projects that money is ear earmarks, not a good word, that is designated <laughs> mm -hmm. for projects from uh, Loop 88 uh, for the, as, as the time goes on, on the years on that, to uh, technology upgrades, you know, uh, sheriff's needs. Uh, I'm trying to remember what all is in that list. But we have, we have money that is set aside for projects like just like that on the on the uh, voting equipment that we bought, we had four million dollars set aside, and it cost us about six. So, but we but okay, we still okay. had enough money and fund balance to pay for that because yeah. we knew that was coming at mm -hmm. the time. Um, one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is that for Lubbock County, the only debt that we have is our jail, our detention center, mm -hmm. and that was voter approved uh, from a bond. We will be debt free in eight years. Not a whole lot of entities can say, make a statement like yeah, that. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying Lubbock County is in a really good financial uh, place right now. And uh, you were asking a while ago about experience. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things about uh, where we are strategically and where we are financially. Because we have put in strategic planning and we have vision to look down the road, and being frugal, a lot of people think we've waited too long on Woodrow Road. When you're talking about spending $30 million, that's not something that you just decide today and yeah. you spend tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, You know, there has to be thought through with that and then the process to work through on that. Um, being dedicated, working hard, I'm still passionate about the job. I have said all along, when I lose my passion, that's when it's time for me to move on. So I'm still very passionate about the job. Um, we've gotten awards for being very transparent from the comptroller's office, uh, from all the information that we have on our website online. 
we've received a federal award from the GFAO for our budgeting process we do on that. Um, again, online, there's so much of information. You can see our bills, you can see our last audit, you can see our current budget, you can see our utility bills, uh, you can see the, the monthly expenditures. You can see all of that online. Yeah. And a lot of people just don't realize, they talk about we need to be more transparent. Mm -hmm. One of the things that's a downfall for the county uh, is that <clears throat> we don't have a public information officer and we don't have any kind of a media outlet. You know, the city of Lubbock and LISD both have TV stations. Yeah. We don't have that. <laughs> and we've talked about even a, a public information officer. Mm -hmm. But with, we're different from city and school because they all funnel up through one office. And with us, with the county, we have 28 individually elected officials that we can't tell them what to do. The only, yeah, only control yeah. the commissioner's court has over any other office in the county is their budget, is the purse strings, mm -hmm. is the budget. Mm -hmm. But we can't go to another elected official and say, you will do this <laughs> or you won't do that or you're going to use the public information yeah. in, information officer. Yeah. We, have, we have vetted that idea around and most of them have rather take care of their own message, okay. getting, the, you know, getting the word out. Yeah. So, uh, so is there any way the county can become more transparent? Well, you know, the only thing that we really haven't done uh, is social media, oh. and we're kind of tossing that around. Okay. At least Facebook. I don't oh. know about Twitter and that sort of thing, yeah. but at least Facebook. Mm -hmm. But again, when you have Facebook, you got to have somebody to monitor it. You've got to take you. It's useless if you don't keep it current. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so, you know, if, if it's going to be, you know, a week old, you've already kind of lost interest. And people are like, well, if you're just going to post once a week, you know. So that's one of the things. We, we have been talking about that, trying to vet it around, you know, at least nothing else for kind of the commissioner's court and for the business that we take care of, yeah. the budgeting, you know, that sort of thing. Just to, and, and we've also talked about that that would probably be really good to have in the case of uh, when we've had flooding because uh, we, we do have a few roads that tend to flood, the intersections do, and they have to be barricaded where you can't get through for a day or two or three mm -hmm. to be able to put that yeah just that even a press release about what roads yeah, to exactly. avoid to for put sure that information yeah. on there so that we we do see the the need and the uh the cause to have that so we're just we're still kind of vetting it around right now but uh, okay. i think you'll see us probably move that direction okay interesting and then of course i want to talk that you know this is an issue every election is your salaries mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. talk about um, the increase, what kind of prompted those votes, and why the commissioners thought they were necessary. Okay. Um, you know, I've got some data that I can provide that shows on here. And the oldest one I could find, we have done uh, salary comparisons for all elected offices uh, since I've been in office. The oldest one I could find was 2005, but we've done it every year just to look. And there's so, but since 2002, uh, let me back up. When I first came into office, Lubbock County's tax rate was 19 cents. We had yeah. very minimum paid employees. And what we found out is that so many of our employees were coming to Lubbock, working for six months, nine months, kind of a training ground, and then moving on to higher paid mm -hmm. jobs. Yeah. So we've, we realized that we had to do something across the board because we were just having too much turnover. So we started a program on trying to start looking at how we could start increasing because uh, I don't have it with me, but our HR director has some information that shows data that it's cheaper to retain than to retrain. Okay, I'm But sure. moving along with that into elected officials, I have a chart that shows what we have done for uh, employees since 2002. And when you look at it, you'll see the percentage, whether if we did anything or we didn't do anything, or you know, one year we just did $1,000 per employee. Um, so we have a chart that shows that all the way through to 2015 when we were looking at all the mm -hmm. salaries. We had decided then because uh, even uh, our DA and a couple other offices, our sheriff, we were looking across the state and so underpaid for what their jobs are, this sort of thing. So when we look at this, we look at it across the board. We don't just look at one office or the other. So yes, we have done salary comparisons every year since uh, the oldest data I've got is 2005, just to see kind of where we fall. And it, it's the same uh, eight counties we've been using all these years because we're about the same size population-wise. Uh, even when you look at there for a while, we were kind of close in tax rate and tax, excuse me, tax base. 
So that's why these counties were had kind of been identified who we compare to. Can you t tell us uh, just a few examples of what those counties are? Because sure. one of the arguments I always hear is, oh, well, they're comparing us to the county, the counties or like Houston and Dallas and okay. things like that. Yeah, no, McLennan, which is Waco. Uh, let's see, Bell County is Belton. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to remember the home, the home of all these, uh, some of these counties. Mm -hmm. So that, no, they're not down. They're not in the, the metroplex. They're not in the, around okay. Houston. So, yeah. So these are similar they're similar sim population. Yes, similar counties. population, okay. tax base, and uh, tax rate. And so that's why we've kind of had to stay with this. These same, you know, we've some of them have talked about change, but we're like, no, this is these are what we've stayed with, and we're all experiencing growth. So let's let's try to stay with this same population. Now we do have one here that shows. Uh, in uh, our comparison compared to uh, anything that's a hundred thousand plus in, mm -hmm. in population you know we've got that we've got that kind of information but anyway so when we looked at this and saw how far behind Lubbock County was I know a lot of people think that we just decided that uh, let's see seventy five thousand dollars was going to be a good number and you know seventy thousand one eighty five fifty six Actually, what we did, we took this chart that for our employees since 2002 and what the salary was for every elected official across the board, and we applied the same methodology mm -hmm. to the elected officials that we had done for employees all these years. And that's where those numbers came from. And even taking those numbers and looking at the rankings uh, out of those eight, we still, you know, seven out of eight, seven out of eight, here's one, six out of eight, that's mm -hmm. a tax assessor. Four out of seven, that was the JP. So, yeah, so know, commissioners are seven. So seven we were out seven of out of eight, yeah. even after doing what we did, that sort of thing. Now, some people are like, so now why have you continued to raise the salary? And will it continue? And will it continue? What we looked at, what, let me say, not what we looked at, that's how we, that's how we applied the methodology mm -hmm. to get to the number that we got to. Okay, we heard lots of comments that year, and a whole lot of them were, why did y'all wait and do such a large increase at one time? Why haven't you been doing something a little bit as time goes yeah. along? So, good point taken, good point made. Yeah. So that's what the last couple of years that we've looked at is that, and let me just clarify that when we're looking at this, we're looking at the position, not the people that are in the position today. Because there's going to be different people in it tomorrow and the next time. And whenever absolutely so uh, we do this in all of our position across the county it, whatever it is somebody may come in and say well I want to give so-and-so a raise because she's really good well that's not a good enough justification we need justification we need numbers we need to see filings that increase she's taken on he or she's taken mm -hmm. on more responsibility yeah. whatever that's yeah. in employees but so listening to those comments that's what we have done is done the exact same thing for the elected positions appointed and the employees straight across the board mm -hmm. now will it continue for elected officials i can't say that's one of those things that looking as we look forward on this we'll do another salary comparison just like we've been doing mm -hmm. um, i really think that we have probably reached a good threshold a really good okay. threshold at this point so i think that's one of those things that you'll see us look at and maybe start uh, breaking that up into not every year but maybe every third year to look at or every fifth year something on the order of that but uh again there was no mischief involved there was no collusion there was no arbitrary uh, you know seventy-five thousand sounds like a good number like yeah. i said everything was done very methodically for sure so i mean why were there i keep hearing eight years so they were eight years without any pay increases mm -hmm. for elected officials so why was that because if if these salaries had gone up every two or three percent each year, mm -hmm. we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. Right. So do you know what the commissioners were thinking or why why that was the case? All I can say is I think it's related to political pressure. Okay. I, okay. I mean, I really do. Yeah. It's just, you know, because and, and what, every time yeah. you do this, you're looking, okay, mm, I'm going to be on the ballot yeah. next year. Oh, I'm going to be on the ballot for in sure. two years. And, I'm going to have to answer for this. Yeah. And I've never done this and and. Most everything else that I've done, I have done because I have tried to educate myself, try to look at data, look at information to make the best decision that I feel that is for Lubbock County, not myself. I am not one of those. I don't go around tooting my own horn. I don't expect pats on the back. I want to do what's right for Lubbock County. I don't care who gets the credit for it. That's And, you know, that's one another thing that I have uh, prided myself on, not only being trying to educate myself on the issues and to study 
but my common sense. You know, that's one thing that I have that I feel that I'm blessed with and that I had a lot of and to try to apply that as well because sometimes people want to make situations a whole lot more complicated than they need to be. Yeah. So, so when you took those votes, did you know you'd be sitting here <laughs> answering questions years later <laughs> about it? Because you talk about political pressure. Yes. I mean, you were facing that same political Ab pressure. Absolutely. Right? But I will tell you, I am one of those that would have voted for the incremental increases all along, but couldn't get others because I knew it was the right thing to do at the time. Trying to keep from getting in the same exact situation that got us in 2014 for the 2015 budget and where we are today. Like you said, if we had been doing this incrementally along, I doubt you and I would be having this conversation yeah. today. There's there's a candidate in another race who is calling uh, the role of commissioner as a part-time job. Mm -hmm. uh, can I get, do you have a response to that? Is it, is it uh, you don't need to get into your, your day-to-day operations, no, 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 no. but you know, no. No, is it a part-time? I mean, if somebody wants to uh, take, get, you know, take this job to make it a part-time job, I'm not saying they can't, but the thing about it is that if you want to be, if you want to know and you want to be engaged and understand what's happening at Lubbock County, you have to be there and you have to be involved. Because on a, on a daily basis, we get uh, walk-in visits or phone calls from other elected officials, department heads, hey, I've got something I need to ask you about. I've got something I need to run by you. What about this? That sort of thing. Plus, we have so much reading, you know, to do. And having that with contracts because we meet we only meet twice a month but that gets to be a kind of a small part of the job mm -hmm. is the having the commissioner's court meeting because before, by the time we get to court we've all been provided the information we've already all read it and don't really have any questions because we've been we're you've prepared it out already we've, you know imagine, we've been, yeah. we've been prepared for mm -hmm. the for the commissioner's mm -hmm. court meeting but i just feel that if you're going to be a public servant for Lubbock County and you're going to be dedicated to it and you're going to work hard uh, that you need to be able to be there full-time because it is again we're the 17th largest county in the state of yeah. Texas and with that goes a lot yeah. of responsibility do you feel like your constituents expect you expect you to work full-time I do I do I mean I, I, you know and I know a lot of people are like well how come y'all get paid and the city council doesn't get paid well we're two entirely different forms of government you know, the city government has a city manager who makes all the money. You know, that paid the, the big bucks or whatever to run. You're looking at the staff with us. I mean, uh, I try to explain to people a lot of times that the commissioner's court is almost like a CEO and board of directors. That, but we're there, we, uh, that we have to be there to be involved all the time to know what's going on. Uh, because it's it's hard to make people understand exactly what a commissioner does or what you know not so much the county judge but a commissioner but we are involved in a daily basis with uh, you know all of our departments on on a different issue all the time and it may be you know a vehicle and it may be manpower and it may be computers and it may be a project they're there they want to vet with you about should I put this in the budget process I mean there's just there is something all the time you can You've been in our office. You've seen the amount of paperwork on our desk. I mean, and, and that's not that's not there for show. I mean, it's because uh, that we've just got that many that many things going yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, um, so you went to Austin several times during mm -hmm. the last legislative session to testify. Mm -hmm. You be kind of you, you, um, you kind of became the face of the county in terms of you know arguing against Senate Bill Two and mm -hmm. things like that. You know, talk about what prompted you to go testify and what you were. Uh, arguing about and then or even talk about Senate Bill 2 if mm -hmm. you would well on Senate Bill 2 that was the one that first that called for the 4% uh, cap mm -hmm. as revenue cap where it now it's at 8% and it's not that I'm against tax reform I'm not against tax reform and I'm not against finding a uh, you know a better way to to do all of this but what had with the concern about the bill is that wanted to put a cap on counties and cities mm -hmm but nothing said about unfunded and underfunded mandates yeah. which is a huge portion of our budget huge portion of our budget and so uh i provided testimony that talked about such as cps cases children's protective mm -hmm. services yeah. there can be as many as six or eight individuals involved in a uh, CPS case between the mother and the father and both sets of grandparents and a stepfather or you know 
an aunt yeah. all claiming on this and not all but a great deal of those are have to have court appointed attorneys well that's that's a bill that the county has to foot and even though we have historical data we never know what that that is a that is a very that's a number that there's no prediction on yeah, it's hard to budget for that's you, true you know we can go off history and kind of hit a hit a range but and we've got several things like that so i took the document that i took down there and i have provided a, a copy i provided a copy to i went to visit with uh, senator perry i visited with uh, uh representative frulo and representative uh burroughs all three we sat down and talked about it about the fact that you know if you're going to do that you need to be we need to be talking about the unfunded mandates plus you know there were some issues about whether or not uh if city and counties are really the issue, if it's more school funding, this sort of thing. But, but the document that I took down provided graphs, several pages yeah. of them, showing uh, the actual expenses for Lubbock County up till the budget of 2017. And the 2017 number is a budgeted number, but everything were actual dollars. We also get involved, I say we get involved, we get phone calls, Lubbock County, from the LBB, the, Lubbock, the uh, uh, Legislative Budget Board calling us on particular bills, asking us how a bill will affect Lubbock okay, County, what yeah. will be the fiscal impact. And so I went down there twice. I went once during the uh, regular session and once during the special mm -hmm. session. I only, uh, and the testimony, this one is the testimony that I did in the regular session. And um, it just talks about Lubbock County and our unpredictability as far as where we are. Yes, we do have funds in reserve, but those reserves are set aside for maintenance and operation mostly uh, because a lot of People will say, well, you've got money set aside. You know, why does it make any difference? Yes, I'm not saying that we don't need some kind of property tax reform, but uh, the governor has just come out with his uh, announcement as far as his priorities and has changed that from 4% to 2.5%. But with that, his number two statement is that we also, talking about the state, need to limit or stop unfunded mandates. One of those two go hand in hand. But that was not in this this first bill, yeah. and so that's that was more than anything. Is that how can you know? Don't cap us, but then still force increase other your costs. Yeah. Yes, increase our cost, and we've got and we we have to figure out how to pay for it. Yeah. So, do you even think Senate Bill Two would have done anything um, for the average taxpayer? You would have not seen any mm -hmm. change in your tax rate or your tax anything like that. Uh, it did have some changes in there on the appraisal review board. Uh, some other areas, that yeah. sort of thing. But the more, the more than anything on that was that putting a cap on there without addressing unfunded mandates. That yeah. was the biggest issue, and and you'll see that in the document that yeah. I provided. Yeah, yeah, because it wasn't really addressing the crux of the the issue in terms of the tax increases, right? One, because cities and counties are a smaller percentage of someone's tax bill compared mm -hmm. to schools, mm -hmm. and then yeah, like you said, it's not addressing the increase in costs. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, and that's something that uh, in public safety, you know, uh, gosh, there were lots and lots of policemen and firemen and sheriffs and, you know, everybody in public safety that were down there as well that were yeah. testifying against the bill. But look, I went down there to provide information that shows uh, what our costs are and that if you're going to put a cap on us, you need to address the under and unfunded mandates. Yeah. People kept throwing out the term local control. Mm -hmm. That was kind of a, a, an easy term to summarize some of the mm -hmm. some of the bills. Do you foresee that being now an issue every legislative session? You know, every you know uh, every legislative session is different. Everyone has a different. Every session has a different priority, a different uh, direction they're going. Uh, I think that uh, we'll see the the property tax reform back on the, on there, uh, the local control. Uh, probably will continue for another session or two just because it was such a hot topic mm -hmm. in this past or this most recent session. So I think that that will be a, another uh, hot topic. Yeah. There was there were rumors that you were <laughs> that you were considering a run for county judge. Mm -hmm. This did, did, is that something you thought about ahead of this election? You know whether or not you were going to run for the open seat for county judge. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, because I had said for years that uh, I wanted to run for county judge, but I had said I was going to wait till Judge Head decided to retire, not run against him, but wait till he retired. Okay. And got to the point, I've had a lot of uh, life-changing events in my life in the last several years, and so uh, I had to stop and sit down and take the 10,000-foot view yeah. and look down on my life, my situation, 
uh, where I am, my age, you know, so many different things, and decided that uh, to run for county judge, and there's nothing that says that you have to, but my personal feeling was that if I were going to run for county judge, I would have to be willing to say, you know, that I would fulfill, I would serve two terms if the, if the voters would allow okay. me. That's eight years. And because of where I am in my life, I was not ready to say that I want to give eight years to that position. Mm -hmm. So I just decided that I would stay where I am. Uh, I've got the experience. Uh, I feel like that uh, I've done a good job where I am. I mean, I, because of, the, of where Lubbock County is today, uh, with how we've managed growth, how, we are mani how we've managed our finances, yeah. we are in a really good financial situation. I mean, probably the best Lubbock County has ever been in. And uh, that didn't all happen by accident. That, again, that has all been because of hard work and dedica dedication and vision. And, and I'm not saying I did it by myself, but I feel like I've been an integral part of it. Okay. And so uh, I just felt like that I would be best to stay where I am. Mm -hmm. So this is asking you to, to look way, to, way into the future. But so do you think this is your last time running for Precinct 4? You know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one of those things that... that like I said a while ago, as long as I've got the passion and the good Lord willing and the voters will allow me, I want to serve precinct four. But first of all, either when the good Lord tells me it's time not to or I lose the passion, then it's time for somebody else to take okay. this seat. But okay. good Lord willing, and the old saying says, the creek doesn't rise yeah. and the voters will allow me. I still have the passion and I would love to serve Lubbock County another term as okay. precinct four okay. commissioner. Something I wanted to ask you about, so... Um, uh, a lot of the talk right now going on at the city council is about the auditorium coliseum um, one of the big questions in that is well these these dirt events uh, monster truck shows or the rodeo where do they go i'm wondering what you think the county's role is in that because i've heard from a, a few people that well maybe the county wants to get involved in maybe an event center or something like that it, do, do you have you thought about have thought about that have you heard that absolutely you know that's one of the things uh when i served as president of you know three different organizations and was bringing the conference or the convention here to lubbock um we didn't really have a place to the only place that we could have that met our uh, requirements was the civic center and you know the closest hotels that were right there uh some of all of our conferences uh for county judges and commissioners move around the state or move around in our region mm -hmm. and what i hear from all of the participants is that they love the ones that we go to where the uh convention center the multi-purpose facility whatever and the hotel are attached it's all in one spot and so that so I have said all along that we needed more, we needed a multi-purpose facility here. Okay, okay. Because we go to Abilene, we go to uh, Odessa, we go to Midland, we've got, we don't go to Midland much, I mean to Amarillo, uh, of course Fort Worth, you know, places like that, but other places that are smaller than us that have got those facilities. Yeah. And they are, the ones I'm talking about are county-owned. But I think there's enough interest right now that I'm not sure how the dynamics are going to work, but we have got to, we've got to figure out, I mean, visit Lubbock, Lita, they will all tell you that the amount of events that Lubbock cannot host because we don't have a facility like that. So, yes, I would love for us to be involved. Now, what our involvement will be, that's to TBD, you know, yeah. we'll have, that'll be to, to be determined. But I think we've got all the, because of what's going on between the city of Lubbock and Texas Tech mm -hmm. and the Coliseum and the Auditorium yeah. and uh, my understanding that some of the uh, musicals or whatever that come to the auditorium have said no more yes we're yeah. not coming back till you do something different mm -hmm. and uh, tech I believe is wanting that property for some other kind of development mm -hmm. and you know um, it's like a lot of things I mean I love old buildings the, the historic value <laughs> for sure yeah. but they get to a point they cost you more money than what they're worth or what you yes. can yeah, you know, the revenue you can bring now, and then yeah. when your revenue stream starts cutting themselves off saying we're not coming back mm -hmm. then you've got to look at it so I think there's enough attention right now on that to help us move forward some way or another whether if it's Lubbock County the city of Lubbock Texas Tech us collectively okay. I don't know okay but, but to you move feel, forward yeah. something it, but you feel like if the city were to get rid of the auditorium coliseum that an, an event center would 
should follow, like building. Oh, absolutely, we've got to. We've got to, or Lubbock County will miss out on so much in the way. And a lot of people don't understand the hot tax or the hotel occupancy tax Mm -hmm. of what that brings to Lubbock and how it offset helps to offset property taxes and you know just so many things. Uh, It's such a such a benefit. So yes, there's there's there is more than a need i mean it's almost an absolute that we've got to have something okay okay well very good um anything we didn't get to that you wanted to mention um no i don't think so okay any events coming up i've well like i said i did one event last night i've got a fundraiser coming up on the 8th i've got a couple more events that i'm attending the with the uh, lubbock apartment association and the lubbock home builders association um gosh i'm trying to think of my (laughs) trying to run through my calendar real quick. <laughs> Those are the ones that I can think of okay. right quick. You know, uh, I do have a Facebook page. Okay. It's uh, Patty Jones for Lubbock County Commissioner. Mm-hmm. If anybody wants to go there and sit, you know, follow that. I've got that in there for the campaign. Uh, I guess just the, uh, I guess we're close, we're ready to kind of close out. Yes, ma'am. You yeah. have any more questions? <laughs> no, that's it. That's <laughs> okay. all I got. <laughs> okay. Well, no, I just wanted to, I guess, kind of wrap up again. I've said it kind of throughout our conversation, but just that I have, I have served, uh, Precinct 4 and Lubbock County uh, with uh, honesty and distinction and humility. And uh, again, I try to uh, uh, do my homework to be educated on the decisions because I realize even though I'm elected just by the individuals in Precinct 4, every decision that I make affects the entire county. And so yeah. that, that, and that's a huge responsibility with Lubbock County now being at about 304,000 people. But uh, I have a little saying in my kitchen, a little plaque that says faith, family, and friends. Mm -hmm. And that's the way I live my life. My faith first with God and then my family and my friends. And I just uh, still have the passion for this job and would be honored to serve Lubbock County one more term. Mm -hmm as Precinct 4 Commissioner. And tell us if you would, we should, probably should have done this at the beginning, uh, Precinct 4, where is Precinct 4? Precinct 4 that. is the northwest part of the county. It basically runs down the interstate with a couple of jogs in there, 34th Street and then kind of west of the county line. There's a couple okay, of jogs yeah, there, but that's that, yeah. just, you know, all of Texas Tech, both of the hospitals, uh, Reese, all of that, Shallow Water, all fall within Tech Terrace, all that falls within Precinct 4. Okay, yeah, that's a... Interesting map. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It is. Okay. It is. Very good. Well, Patty, thank you so much for your time. I sure do thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. I yep. appreciate it, Matt. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it, Matt. Thank you.